Welcome to Daily Coast's The Brief, our weekly show about politics. Here, we'll discuss the issues that are driving the news as we fight for a more progressive America. I am Marcos Molitsis, the founder of Daily Coast, and your co-host, along with senior political writer Carrie Ellaveld. If you want to join the conversation, we record a podcast live on YouTube and Facebook every Tuesday at 1.30 Pacific, 4.30 Eastern. Enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Daily Coast The Brief. It's our weekly show about politics. I am Marcus Molitsis. I'm here with Carrie Alavel. She's back from holiday travels and vacations and all that good stuff. And today we actually have a pretty good show. We're going we're gonna to talk about Kevin McCarthy and the Republican shit show that is their attempt to organize the House. And it's freaking hilarious. We're having a lot of fun at this. I've never seen somebody with such a ferric victory as this one. I mean, they, they, they think they won. Kevin McCarthy thinks he won. And uh, yet he there's a pretty decent chance that he will not be the Speaker of the House, just like last time this came up. So in a few minutes, we're going to have Joan McCarter. She's a senior writer at Daily Coast. She's going to she covers Congress for Daily Coast. And she is going to talk about her coverage of the of the Kevin McCarthy saga so carrie welcome it's good to see you and uh it's um you know it's december it's christmas time you think things should be quiet but no we got the kevin mccarthy stuff we have trump organization was found guilty in all charges of tax fraud and then we got the georgia runoff as we record this people are voting in georgia so we won't know who actually won but that's pretty exciting and, and all early indications are looking pretty good for us so it's a uh, kind of an action-packed early december week who would have thunk it I mean, us. <laughs> remember, remember, we said if we deal them a major blow, at, you know, it, it, during the midterms, it's going to be a world of hurt for them. And that's exactly what it is. It's a world of hurt for them. I mean, it is, you know, I think so. Joan's going to talk specifically about the fight for speaker, which is just a disaster. And I can't do it justice. So I'm just going to leave yeah, that. Yeah, let's wait. <laughs> yes. Right. But, you know, I think just to broaden it out a little bit, you just think about where the Republican Party is right now. And, you know, you it's still Trump is still the main guy. He's the only person at this point who has announced for, uh, you know, his candidacy for the nomination in 2024. Um, of course, that's really it was really a desperation play because he want you know, I think I'm sure he wants to use that his candidacy, hoping that it will, you know, leave him of some of the legal problems that he's having. He's having a lot of legal problems. His organization just got found guilty on multiple criminal felonies. So that will probably put wind in the sails of the um, ongoing investigation of him by the attorney general. I mean, there's like 13 investigations. Yeah, yeah, there's exactly. so many. Like who can even still like anymore? The, the New York, the New York uh, district attorney who kind of like, you know, decided he was going to let go of the um, the other uh, criminal uh, investigation of the Trump organization involving Trump. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just like it can just go on and on. So there's that. But on top of that, of course, Trump, you know, it, it's not good enough for him to just announce. Then he just has to, like, bring down a whole world of hurt on the GOP and on his true social platform rant that he thinks that. Given all the evidence, which there's been no evidence, right? But all of the evidence in his head um, about, you know, related to fraud and stuff that they should, that we should, uh, it call it, it, it amounts to enough at this point in his view 
that there should be a termination of all the rules, regulations, and even stuff in the Constitution in order to reinstate him president. I mean, he's still he's talking about 2020 now. He's not talking about 2022. Yeah, he's he wants about to throw away the, the Constitution. And, and to be there is evidence, Carrie. There is evidence. It turns out we just found out last week that Twitter deleted tweets with Hunter Biden's dick pictures. And therefore, this is the greatest fraud in the history of the world because had America seen Hunter Biden's penis, things would have been totally different. Wow. I don't know how I missed that, but I'm glad I didn't have that information to tell just now. (laughs) Oh, you didn't even know. I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. Listen, Marco, (laughs) I just want to say I definitely would have voted for Trump (laughs) if I had had seen the the dick pictures for sure. I mean, you know, I I voted for Biden, but like now I'm reconsidering. I mean, this is just so stupid. He's so stupid. But, you know, the Republicans, the problem is, is that we expect this from Trump. Right. And and we frankly, we expect the Republican response, too. But here he is calling for the termination, the suspension of the U.S. Constitution. It, they are the foundational documents of our country, of our democracy, of our republic. And he's calling for the termination, the suspension of it. And Republicans can't even come out and say I, I wouldn't support Donald Trump as the nominee because he doesn't believe in the Constitution. He thinks it should be suspended and terminated. I mean, this is a simple call. It is a it's a te- it's a test of democracy. Do you believe you know, do you back Trump or do you back the U.S. Constitution? It's that it's simple. simple. And it's simple. Yeah. Right. It's simple. It's a it's a it's a test of democracy and they cannot say it. I mean, you know, the you got representative representative David Joyce of Ohio on uh, this week, you know, Sunday this week, ABC's this week saying, um, you know, well, I, I, I'm going to support whoever the uh, GOP nominee yeah. is. But I just don't think Trump will get through because there's going to be a lot of other, you know, uh, a lot of other people who run, et cetera. Well, there were a lot of other people who ran in 2016. And yeah. unless unless the Repu- unless Republicans change the the uh, proposition that at, all you have to do is win a plurality in order to take all of their states, uh, you know, um, the delegates, delegates, <laughs> delegates, yeah. right. In order to win all of the all of the state's delegates, then it's gonna, it will be Donald Trump all over again. I mean, unless the state parties change that to what we do, which is proportional delegates, Donald Trump will win. Because um, I, to be clear, he'll win because in a crowded field, he can get 30 percent of the vote. And if everybody else is splitting the rest of the of the vote, he gets every single delegate in that state. It's how he won the nomination in exactly. 2016. And he has a floor. He has a good 30 to 40 percent, probably 40, I would say, that will vote for him no matter what. So all you need is two candidates running on the other side, splitting, splitting. And we know there's several that think they're running. So, uh, but Carrie, we're going to save that topic for a, new, for a future episode. We're going to have plenty to talk about on the 2024 Republican nominating contest and Donald Trump's effect on the party. But today, let's talk about Kevin McCarthy. And so we're going to bring in our guest. Uh, she's Joan McCarter. She's a senior writer at Daily Co. She covers Congress for us. Joan, thank you so much for joining us. After I unmute. I'll say it again. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> a little rusty of this. Joan, you've been writing a lot about this um, this leadership battle in in the House. And 
Uh, you even wrote a piece a couple of days ago on the different scenarios. And I want to get to that in a second. But, but before that, let's just, I think it's important for people to realize that Kevin McCarthy has been in this place before already. He was the heir apparent. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. John, can you talk to us a little bit about that history and how he was denied the speakership last time? Yeah, that was the John Boehner debacle when the Freedom Caucus um, reared its head and said, okay, we can't have John Boehner anymore. We are going to come up with a uh, motion to vacate the chair. Which is Which, What year was this? This was 2015. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the motion to vacate the chair is basically a, a, a vote of no confidence in the party leader in the party membership as a whole. So Kevin McCarthy was supposed to be the heir apparent for Boehner, but he was involved in some private matters. <laughs> he was having an affair with another member. And this is a problem. Like when people care about those things, remember? <laughs> right, right. Of course, the other member, Renee Elmers, ended up losing her seat. And Kevin McCarthy is now in a position to be Republican leader. So you know, that's how things work there. Anyway. <laughs> I didn't catch any sarcasm or bitterness. That. So that's how things work there. Anyway, sorry. Anyway. McCarthy. So he was he was heir apparent because he so John Boehner was speaker and he was um, majority leader at the time, I, I believe so. He was like majority second majority leader command. or whip. Yeah, I think he was but, majority leader. I think he was majority leader too. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, you know, all of this was baggage supposedly because they don't care about it now, but it was baggage then, so it didn't happen. Boehner decided he'd had enough. He was stepping down. They were having a very difficult time finding a replacement because, <laughs> I mean, who would want that job really besides Kevin McCarthy? Who's dumb <laughs> enough to want the job besides right, Kevin McCarthy? Right, exactly. Yes. Kevin McCarthy's dumb enough. But let's just say <laughs> these were there were these warring factions between the, you know, Freedom Caucus, the sort of crazy caucus of the House Republicans, and then the supposedly establishment Republicans who were right. a little bit more normal, normy, whatever. Um, Same as so, ever. Right. Yeah. Finding finding some sort of consensus where they could all come to agreement on, OK, this is the person that was the real rub. Right. And, you know, you also need the background of the Tea Party fight, the the Freedom Caucus coming in, the Affordable Care Act efforts to to repeal it. All of the things that led up to this and the Freedom Caucus just essentially blocking absolutely anything Boehner tried to do. Um, forgetting that there was a president and that there was a Senate that they also had to deal with. They were going to control things. And that meant just, you know, the debt ceiling fights, the fiscal cliff fight, the various government shutdown fights. So, you know, it really has been a nightmare all along. So thank goodness for Democratic leadership for the time that we've had it. But here we go again. And again, Kevin McCarthy is the only person besides apparently Andy Biggs of the Freedom Caucus, who really thinks it would be a good idea to be in charge of these people. Except, um, don't you think Elise Stefanik wants it? Don't you think I, she does? I, I have been thinking about this since since we brought it up earlier in our chat. And she really, she is calculating enough and evil enough that I think Stefanik let people might know. be... Who Elise she? Stefanik. Yeah. She is a member from New York. She's in leadership. Um 
I can't, you know, they have so many different She's positions. house number three. She's basically the yeah. communication guru. Yeah. She's the number three leader in the house for the and for Republicans. she has been really, really quiet in all of this. And normally she's not. Normally she's not. She's, she's not a shy there. person. No, not at all. Um, she came into office as a moderate. Um, quickly saw she was- with... She was Paul Ryan. She was a, yeah. a student of Paul Ryan and all, you know, the idea guy, the idea right. guy. <laughs> Mr. Wonk. Yeah. <laughs> who was the interim speaker after he, that was who they finally talked into doing it until he, you know, decided, no, I don't want to do this either <laughs> and got out. Um, so anyway, Stefanik has been suspiciously quiet. So you got to wonder, is she sort of pulling strings among all of these people back there thinking that maybe she's the one who rises to the top? Now, all right. So let me let me pull let me pull this back and let's. OK, yeah. so yes. McCarthy <laughs> already already tried once and, and yeah. uh, he was a victim of his uh, maybe his infidelity, maybe ideological. I mean, it, it, yeah. a lot of that yeah. seems very it was very uh, convenient as an excuse. I don't think they care. Because the same people didn't care about Donald Trump's infidelity, right? right so I think right. that was an excuse. It, it was probably that he was too close to Boehner. And yeah. ideologically, they, they thought that was a problem. And that's kind of one of his problems now. So he's too establishment. Right. So now he's been leading the, the Republicans in the minority. Mm-hmm. They have they have the majority. It's 222 to 213, I believe, right? It's, it's right. a nine well, vote. A Democrat just died, so 222 to 12, and they have to get a new replacement in for that. But yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a five vote, it's a five vote really swing, which is an incredibly, incredibly tight house. And so but the 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 election for speaker doesn't I mean the Republic the Democrats really don't have a say in that more, you know. Pretty much unless they unless and we're going to talk about potential scenarios. Right. Yeah. But yeah. generally speaking, the party that's in power, they vote for their for their for their leadership. And so it's a majority of the. No, it's not even a majority. Can you explain what he needs to do to win? Because <laughs> okay. I almost said it wrong. All right. So you start with the premise that he has to get 218 to win. Like, you know, legislation has to have 218 to pass. That's the, the bare all Democrats will vote. No, so, all the Democrats will vote. No. Yeah. So he has to get 218 Republicans of 222 of 222. Yeah. So technically he can only lose five, four and four. still be there. But it's, it's, it's not necessarily 218 because you can be present, but not voting. You can vote as present and that doesn't count against. Yeah. So if he gets to 15, for voting present, he still gets it. Okay. So, so that's one of the wrinkles that, that comes up. So you have to be present and voting. So if they don't show up at all, if they boycott, then he can get in with fewer than 218. Okay. And, and but, to be clear, but, like Nancy yeah. Pelosi used this a lot, like, like conservative Democrats would, you know, would vote present. And so they wouldn't be voting for Nancy Pelosi. Right. But functionally, it was like voting for Nancy Pelosi. Right. So if you're McCarthy, you're trying to get these people who say they're not going to vote for you. And it's like, okay, you don't have to vote for me, but just vote present. Right. Yeah. Don't don't actively work against me in this vote. Yeah. Right. But but one way or the other, even regardless of that kind of processy thing, 
Mm-hmm. He's, he doesn't have much to lose. I mean, he's got a very slim margin. I mean, let's just mm-hmm. remember that it was the margin that Nancy Pelosi governed with. And it's the right. margin that Nancy Pelosi pushed through, you know, just really an historic agenda given um, mm-hmm. given by any measure, but given the margin she was working with. And now he, he doesn't it looks like he's going to have a lot of trouble. I mean, how many people <laughs> have already come out, Joan, and said, I'm not voting for him? Four. four on record? Four definitively, one likely. Another popped up today that was sort of interesting, um, Chip Roy from Texas, who actually is coming at it from an angle I did not expect. Yeah, because- let's talk about him because that was <laughs> I, I, I misread that for like three, like for a whole day without realizing. Yeah. Yeah, you're thinking, okay, Chip Roy, insurrectionist, Texas guy, crazy guy, he's (laughs) he's gonna be but no, he's mad that McCarthy and the establishment didn't stand up to Trump and didn't prevent January sixth and the insurrection. He said, We saw this coming, we saw this chaos coming. I you know, I was gonna support you if there had been fraud and if you could have proven that there was fraud, I would have been right there with you, but you did not and look what you did to the country. I was just shocked as hell that that was Chip Roy's opposition to Kevin McCarthy. But, you know, no, like I said, I read, you know, January 6th. I'm like, oh, like McCarthy yeah. didn't support insurrection as strongly enough. Yeah. And it took like, I think it was actually, yeah, it took like three or four readings before I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did I get wrong? He, wrong the whole he's time? He's on our side? That was so what? weird. <laughs> So, so, so um, he's is, is tight. How many people are in the Freedom Caucus? They About don't 30, actually. 40? They don't produce a role. They don't actually advertise that. But it's forty, maybe fifty. We don't know for sure. And we um, know that some of them, like like uh, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, support Boehner. So there's not unified Freedom Boehner. Caucus. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, all, yeah. Which is another it's, question. It's, it's, the same old, it's the same old shit show. It's just it is, just changing yeah. the names just here. The names just changing so the names. No, so. There's no Freedom Caucus unified opposition, right? So, so there are fissures even within the Freedom Caucus right. itself. I right. mean, this is civil war upon civil war upon. Yeah, yeah. And today's meeting was really funny. They came out of it bitching that Marjorie Taylor Green. There was a meeting of the GOP House Conference to okay. talk about all of this because what else are they going to talk about? It's not like they have an agenda. Marjorie Taylor Green apparently used her allotted time to give to other members <laughs> who are in support of McCarthy, and this really made the Freedom Caucus maniacs mad. They're not getting their fair time, so now there's war. Yes, with her who also I would really like to know what McCarthy has promised her. Oh, absolutely. McCarthy has absolutely promised something. He, you know, I, 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 I saw, um, what was it? Marcy Wheeler make the comment that, that green was supporting McCarthy and it was, a uh, what'd she say? Um, probably because she's made the the correct bet that she can own him. And I think Mm -hmm. that's true. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. not that hard to own McCarthy, but if he gets in, Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to own him. Um, You know that she's going to be on the oversight committee. Oh, yeah. Which is already. All right. So, Joan, there are such a thing as House Republican moderates. And even if there weren't before, we know there's 20 some House Republicans that represent Joe Biden districts who are in deep trouble in two years. And in particular, a bunch of them in New York and California that Mm -hmm. are pretty heavy, heavy Mm -hmm. because Democratic turnout in in safe 
blue states was actually down in the midterm mm-hmm. election. So where have they said anything? Is there any noise coming from them? You know, a lot of them are freshmen just elected. So I don't expect to hear anything from them. Um, they're all being pretty quiet. I and mean, you had one of them, Dom Bacon from Nebraska, sort of pipe up, what, three three weeks ago, I think, saying, you know, well, yeah, we could work with Democrats, maybe the moderates to find a speaker we could all agree on. And then he had to walk that back. He did walk it back and say, okay, no, no, I'm voting for McCarthy. I'm voting for McCarthy. And this is all really damaging. But but you know, right. you know from that that it's in their heads. We could be yes. kingmakers here. And okay, so let's let's now talk about what are the possibilities. This piece you wrote because uh, there are what three main possibilities. And so let's let's start with the most obvious probable outcome, which is McCarthy figures out a way, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that it probably <clears throat> is most likely. I think probably it will be with a lot of present votes, and it will be possibly multiple ballots. Um, the most ballots they've ever done was 133, but that was like more than a century ago. That's not going to happen. But it could take a few down. days. Oh my God. Can you, can you imagine working those, those few days? That'd be a joy. Wouldn't it? Um, it could be a few days, but, but I do expect that it's going to be McCarthy and he's going to go in and he's going to be very weak because right. he's not going to have all that support. Now, that's the most likely, but there are some other yeah. possibilities. The Freedom Caucus may get the numbers. They may be able to stop them. Right. So what other options are there? They have sort of their, their mystery date, they say they're bringing to January 3rd, which I don't believe. I, I Who's they? The, the Freedom Caucus? The Freedom or, Caucus. Or the We've rebels, got we somebody. Want. The rebels. It could be Freedom Caucus. It could be whoever else is, is opposed to McCarthy. Is it Donald We've Trump? got somebody really special that, that you know, a, a, <laughs> to be named later who isn't in the House now. Because that's a thing. The speaker does not have to be a member of the house. So you're just going to be wowed when we show this person. Is it I don't think that's real. <laughs> but, Andy, that's real. but Andy Biggs is a member of the Freedom Caucus, right? Right. And he's announced that he's, he's going to. today that, yeah, he's still in it. He lost back in November when they did their preliminary vote secret ballot within the Republican caucus. Um, he lost 80, 185 to 31 or something. Yeah. But so, so the theory is he's going to put himself out there now to take all of the, the pain from McCarthy's people. He's going to be the sacrifice that will take all of that ire so that they can bring somebody else in after who will be crafty Trump. Is it crafty? Is it Donald Trump? <laughs> um, I think we already know it's not Newt Gingrich. That was one of my top choices. Oh, that would be hilarious. They're going to try to sneak him back in. But does, Paul Ryan, does Paul Ryan want another crack at it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So option one Paul is... Paul Ryan, honestly, he's not that dumb. He's honestly not that oh, dumb. No, no, he's I mean, not that he's, dumb. He's, a, he's a far cry from the ideas guy, but he's not that dumb. All right. Okay. So McCarthy's option one, the most likely, but not a sure thing. There might be a consensus candidate that all the Republicans can agree on or enough Republicans can agree on. Maybe it's a mystery date. Which is not going to happen either. I mean, that's that's a magical unicorn. All right. So what's the Don Bacon theory or Don Bacon theory? (laughs) This one is 
that the moderates, the problem solvers, I would like to see what, what problems they have ever <laughs> solved. <laughs> you know, the, the big bipartisan group of problem solvers who get together and concern troll about everything on, on both sides, um, that they'll come together and enough Democrats and enough Republicans will decide on a consensus candidate, and that will be the new speaker, somebody that everybody can love. So to be very clear, this is the Democrats would join up with about right. All you need is like 10. You only need 10. Yeah, you don't need many. And as you said, there are 18 or so that are, you know, in Biden districts who might think about this. And then like a Don Bacon, who's a moderate, like a je- legitimately yeah. well, moderate as far as Republicans go. Candidate. And and I, I'd like to point out that this is actually almost like the norm in Alaska in the last few mm-hmm. cycles where where the Republican Party has a majority nominally, but they are fractured between the like the Sarah Palin wing of the Republican Party and then the more mm-hmm. moderates. And those guys have teamed up with Democrats to elect moderate Republican speaker and majority leader. So the uh, Democrats have had, you know, this weird power sharing control of the Alaska legislature by doing this. So this is not unprecedented politically. It is unprecedented in Washington, D.C. And so right. the odds are not great, but it's it's there. It's there. I think it's theoretical because are you going to get those Republicans, even the ones in Biden's districts, to say, I will support a Democrat? Are you going to get... Democrats? Are you going to get any Democrats willing they to would vote for a Republican? Willing to, Bacon. you know, unanimously come Bacon together? Over, over McCarthy? Over, over, I don't know, at least Stefanik? I don't know, over- just the chaos it would cause? Chaos that it would cause would be and worthwhile. But, maybe the deal oh, is there's no Hunter Biden investigation. Look, I, I, I think to Joan's point, it's less likely that the de- that the Republicans oh, yeah. will do this than the Democrats would, because they would because in the next two years, if they wanted to win their seat again, they'd have to change their party mem- membership to Democratic because they'd be drummed out yeah. during the primary if they ran as Republicans. So yeah. they would be basically saying, OK, I accept the fact that my future as a Republican is over and I'm just going to switch to the Democratic Party in, in mm-hmm. you know, two years to run or a year and a half or whatever. Yes, it's worth, noting, the- it's worth noting that Hakeem Jeffries went on one of the, the Sunday shows and said, was asked, would Democrats work with Republicans to do this? And he basically said, <laughs> good luck I with mean, that. That's their problem. Let sure, them figure but... it out. We're not going to help. So, so that's the starting point for Democrats. And and let us also say that Democrats are in complete array right now. Yes, yes, complete unity. So there's a fourth option, and this is the least likely of them all. And I just want to mention it because it is an actual possibility: is that that you get, like you said, actually, you get some of these Republicans in these very, very blue districts that mm-hmm. won on flukes that have pretty much zero chance of surviving re-election in, in two years. Mm-hmm. Why not switch parties? And yeah. kick, the, kick the, you know, again, you only need five. And yeah. there's like 12 of them that, that would be candidates. Now, obviously, it's not very, very likely, but it's in that realm of possibility where Democrats keep control, which would be the most funniest, most hilarious <laughs> outcome possible. And I, and 
you know, there's reasons we actually don't want that, that to happen. It's always good yeah. to run against that Republican yeah. House when Biden's running for re-election, right? As opposed to running right. with unified Particularly government. when you've got a tough Senate landscape. Yeah. And, yeah. That's yeah, you said, need the Republicans to, to point out and say, yeah, do you want this to happen again? Um, that said, if the Freedom Caucus cost them the House control of the House, <laughs> it would just, you know, Kerry's been talking about this sort of, <laughs> you know, collapse of the Republican Party as it just sort of descends into mass chaos. And oh boy, would that create some interesting, interesting uh, consequences on their side. That would be fun. That would be fun. That might finally be sort of the breaking point for the Republicans as they are. It, yeah, this is just such an interesting dynamic because you've got McCarthy who has Trump's support, or at least did, if it matters anymore. I don't know. <laughs> Trump could change his mind if he thinks that McCarthy has the loser stink on him. But right yeah. now, he's a Trump guy. So what in the world is going on with the Freedom Caucus? Are they not Trump guys anymore? What's what's Chip Roy doing? It's it's really a wild time among Republicans and, and a lot of fun to watch. So let's let's just assume, because it's the most likely option, that mm-hmm. McCarthy somehow, you know, in, you know, you get the four that vote against him, but then everybody else just votes present. Yeah. He gets in, he gets, he's the speaker, but he's got this razor thin majority. What can he possibly accomplish? I mean, is it just going to be investigations into Hunter Biden's dick pics or is there going to be yeah. anything else that they might accomplish? I don't think there's going to be anything else that they accomplish. Um, you've got all of these Freedom Caucus types and everybody else who has an axe to grind coming up with all of the rules that they want to adopt for, for the House. Um, and most of them really would sort of hamstring any functioning. One of them came up with the idea that at the end of every session, you have to have a voterama where every single bill introduced in the house has to get a vote. Oh my God. <laughs> can you imagine the Democrats with that? that? Oh my God. Have a field. Wouldn't that, that be one. fun? Wouldn't that be fun? Oh. Um, no, they're not, they're not going to try to accomplish anything besides investigations, um, which I should say also Jim Jordan was one of the people that they talked about as a possible consolation candidate that everybody could get behind. Jim Jordan doesn't want anything to do with being speaker. He wants to have his judiciary chair seat where he can just be on camera constantly yelling about Joe Biden and his crime family. But they promised us that they would solve inflation. (laughs) Yeah. And the very first press conference they had after it was clear that they were going to win the majority was to talk about the investigation into Hunter Biden. You know, it feels to me like it's almost a best case scenario where where you keep the Senate so you can keep yeah. the judges come, cranking, right? The House has yeah. nothing to do with, yeah. with judges. Biden passed most of his agenda. Yeah. You know, the stuff that could get through the Joe Manchin, Kirsten Cinema gauntlet. Yeah. So there wasn't really anything else that was reachable beyond keeping the government running. There's some, there's some. Uh, yeah. The keeping the government disagree? running and <laughs> okay. the, the, the debt ceiling issue are, are kind of big. But kind now, big. but here's where we, we, we get to this. There wasn't much that, okay. Yeah. Obviously keeping the government r- running big, but the reason that incumbent presidents get reelected at the clip that they do is because mm-hmm. they historically lose control of Congress in that first midterm election. And yeah. therefore, you can blame them for all the problems. Right. Um, 
as opposed to you got control of everything. How come, you know, why hasn't stuff been fixed? And so you're going to have a nihilist Republican yeah. house that's going to be obsessed with Hunter Biden's dick pics. And that's the framing. Like they can try to make it about anything else. And we're just going to be like, why do you want Lindsey Graham? Why are you so obsessed with Hunter Biden's dick? Like <laughs> that it's that's the narrative. And it's an easy one. And I it, just want to know. I just want to note that 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 Marco said that that. <laughs> <laughs> Marcos came up with that hypothesis. I just, you know, <laughs> I mean, they, they want to see like they're obsessed with Hunter Biden's penis, and well, that. So, and then what they, on a substance point, yeah. can I just add that the Republican Party is uniquely obsessed with what people do in their bedrooms, re abortion, re Hunter Biden's dick pics, whatever, and also obsessed with what people do in the bathrooms. I mean, it is the the bathroom and bedroom obsessionist party. Okay, I just wanted to make, like broaden it out. It's not okay. just for by. You know, no. I mean, it is. It, it is it, the dick pics, but it's it's like they're just yeah. they want to control everything related to bathroom and bedroom. And, and Carrie, you've made this argument that Democrats can really carve out a place as the party of um, of privacy, and mm-hmm. this is sort of an example. And they're they're going to be fueling that digging into people's mm-hmm. private business as that mm-hmm. really no bearing. And then on the other hand, they're going to be shutting down the government. This is yeah. not a place for the Republicans to build a brand. The House, I think the House is lost. They, they do not hold the House in two years, just given what the map looks like and the dynamics of the seats that are in play. The Senate, on the other hand, is an, it's a brutally difficult Senate seat. Yeah. There's really no realistic Democratic pickup opportunities outside of flukes. I mean, Ted Cruz is not popular, so maybe yeah. there's something fluky happens in Texas. But there, there really aren't that many. I mean, just I don't think there's any well, real. You know, there could be deaths. There could be retirements. Yeah. So but the, and, and the, there it could be Republicans dying and retiring. Just, but the know, so states that are up for reelection, we have to defend states like Ohio and Montana, oh, yeah. and they're they're, they're defending yeah. at the the biggest opportunities that they're defending are texas and florida i mean this is not yeah this is yeah, not a good we're defending like about 10 right i can't remember yeah. exactly like yeah. All, yeah, and it's 10. all the tough ones like all the, yeah, tough, it's ones. the tough ones yeah so yeah it's a it's, it's a bad year ahead of us um which i think is so, probably one of the things that they're thinking about in not fixing the debt ceiling issue is that they're gonna let republicans try to take us to the brink in order to cut Social Security, cut Medicare, do all of these really, really, really unpopular things, and we can come back and say, look at the chaos it created. I personally do not love turning this into a totally political issue because it does do damage to the economy to even flirt with not raising the debt ceiling. But but, but I'm a yeah, warrior, there, so. there, there's I mean, there's definitely a political game in play. I mean... The best case scenario is we hold our seats. You know, we, we end up yeah. at 51 after, as we record us today, it's yeah. Tuesday, that we win that runoff in Georgia. We have 51 seats. It gives us a two-seat margin to... Um, Get a lot done with judges and a lot of other yeah. things. Yeah, I mean, it makes a huge, huge, huge difference to have that 51. Subpoena power. Lots yeah. of stuff that the Senate can do with 51 that they couldn't do with 50. Yeah. yeah, I mean, some people have conjectured, of course, that they could continue on with the January 6th committee's mm-hmm. investigations, followed up on things that are have been left hanging open. Right. So they can get the, Trump's IRS files for one thing. Right. There, there's a right. lot that they could carry on. Yeah. If 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 we win that 51st seat with yeah. uh, Raphael Warnock today, if you're in Georgia, vote. 
Okay, sorry. <laughs> you're not going to hear this till tomorrow. So <laughs> if you're if you're hearing this tomorrow on Wednesday, it's too late there's, to vote. Sorry. There's a smattering of people who follow us live, and they are probably ditching us right now to get over to the polls and cast their vote. And and we're going to win by ten votes. And I'm going to be like, it was because it's going to be it was Carrie. Carrie did that. <laughs> So, Joan, we're, we're almost out of time. What do you what do you predict is going to happen in the House and what 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 are the next two years going to look like in, I, in the lower house? I predict that Kevin McCarthy is going to scramble his way into leadership. I, I can't imagine how many motions to vacate the chair might come up against him. And, and that's people trying to overthrow him. That's mid, people trying mid, to get rid of him like they did yeah. Boehner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to see at least two or three of those. I How think fun. that's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. It's, gonna, <laughs> it's just going to be sheer chaos. It's going to be sheer chaos and dick pics. I don't, you know what, if we had to lose the house, this is, this is probably like a best case scenario on how to do it. Very razor thin majority there in utter chaos and turmoil while our side by acclaim nominated our, our new leadership. So it definitely shows that for once we have our house in order and they don't. I want to say, and I just want to like, I I think I want to get rid of the for once. Okay. Because I think we're about to go into a period where Republicans have been in chaos for five solid years now. I mean, six, let's see. Six, six, since 2016. I mean, since 2015. So seven. Yeah. Yeah. They've been in sheer chaos now for seven years. I know the mainstream media loves the Democrats in disarray. And, you know, Democrats, you know, we're we're a group of um, downtrodden cynics for the most part. I'm sorry if you guys are hearing this. I'm just going to name that there's a leaf blower (laughs) in the background. But I just want to say, like, you know, if you go back and I encourage everyone who listens to this to go back and listen to the piece that uh, the podcast between Marcos and Simon Rosenberg last week, I, I wholeheartedly agree that we are entering a different period now where Democrats have an opportunity to be, you know, we're going to have our internal and we're going to, you know, everyone's good. I mean, Democrats didn't get this way because we don't believe in principles. We do. And so that's why Democrats fight about what's the best way to reach yeah. our goals and whatever. Right. But um, but I, I just think that the Republican Party has been in disarray for seven years in a way that hasn't been properly um, documented or acknowledged. And we should own that and realize that we are actually in position to do something mm-hmm. truly historic over the next I don't know, five years to a decade while Republicans try to figure out what the heck they are about yeah. because they've got a whole host of things between Trump, between abortion, between a privacy issues, between gun laws, between immigration, et cetera. You go on and on down the list. They're going to have to reckon with every one of these social issues that they that used to work for them and now work against yeah. them. You know, the problem is that they've got the judiciary and the Supreme Court on their side. So that's just a little bit of a problem. And tomorrow's going to be lit when we hear the independent state legislature theory in the Supreme Court. And oh, we'll, we'll save the independent state legislature yeah. theory, the Supreme Court for a future episode, because uh, uh, the assault on our rights and freedoms is going to continue unabated, but it's also going to yeah. give us another issue to run. And uh, and 
the current Supreme Court did something that nobody had ever been able to do, and it's it made liberals care about courts, Supreme Court yep. at the state level and at the federal level. We never voted on the courts. And the when people talk about, well, Democrats voted on abortion, they're talking about the court. People yeah. finally realized that the court is on the ballot. Republicans have known this for the last 50, 60 years. We didn't, I mean, us four, we knew, or us three, we knew. If you're listening right. to the show, you knew. We've been yelling but, about it for years. But yeah. broadly speaking, people did not know that. And now I think it's really sort of seeped in in a way that that is is uh, unquestionable given the election results. That That's what the election's result told mm-hmm. us, is that people finally realized that that those their rights are on the line and Republicans are going to continue systematically. So it sucks that we can't, we can't get to a... Uh, It'll, it'll be a while before I think that we'll be able to get rid of the filibuster and mm-hmm. that we'll be able to to um, to reform the Supreme Court. And we've talked about that on the show before, and it's, it's right. necessary. But every time they sit there and, and eliminate one of our rights, it, what it does is that it adds ammunition to the point and it adds that critical mass. And at some point, people are going to finally even Democrats in the Senate and the House are going to be like, you know what? Yeah, we can't continue. And it is worth saying that that's one of the, if you, if we see anything legislatively out of the house in the next two years, it's going to be stuff that will hurt people. Yeah. It will harm their privacy. It will harm their rights. Yeah. Yeah. And dick pics. That is our show for today. Joan, thank you so much for joining us. This was a great conversation. Carrie, you're so lovely. It's always glad to have you back. Thanks to Walter and Dorothy and Paul and everybody that, that, uh, works on his podcast behind the scenes at Daily Coast. And thank you, the listener and the viewer, for joining us every week and being part of this battle for our democracy. We did it this year. We talked about all last year. We kept saying (laughs) this is not a typical midterm, and we were right. And it's because of people like you who never lost faith. So thank you so very much. I think with the holiday break, you know, coming up, holiday season, it's time to, like, you know, be thankful and grateful for everything we were able to accomplish and to take some well-deserved rest. But... The fight continues, and then we're going to pick this thing up. So we're, we'll, we'll be back next week. Don't worry. But uh, it's time that we can we can sort of breathe a little bit more and then get ready for the next phase of this battle, which will be 2024. And we got Supreme Court justice uh, races in states. We got mid – we got off-year elections. Uh, we got all – we're going to have special elections inevitably. So it's going to be an action-packed year. So we want to be nice and rested and energized for this battle ahead. So thank you for everything that you do. Love and appreciate you so much. Love you all. Have a great week. Catch you all next week. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying the show, give us a rating wherever you get your podcast. You can always talk to us at dailycoast.com or on Twitter at Daily Coast. 